news drives markets. And every day, Montel's experienced reporters are on top of the stories that shape European market developments. Can you afford to miss out? Go to montelnews.com for the latest price-driving stories and a free trial. Hello listeners and welcome to the Montel Weekly Podcast, bringing energy matters in an informal setting. This week, the topic is gas. Global gas prices surged at the start of the year and remained very strong as Asia and Europe was caught short by a cold snap and the tightness in supply. To talk us through a tumultuous year, current market developments and the outlook to the summer is our old friend Wayne Bryan of Refinitiv. A warm welcome to you, Wayne. Hi, good afternoon, Richard. And uh, yeah, it's always good to be back. Hope all is well with you. All is good and always a pleasure and an honour to have you on the pod, Wayne. But before we get into to gas matters, I, I'd like to ask, how, how are you doing? How's life in London for you at the moment, Wayne? It's not too bad. We're in uh, Tier 4, so everything's closed. But luckily, work's very busy and these recent market movements have helped. <laughs> so lots of work to be doing. So yeah, I'm just keeping busy with work and just hoping for better times, which will come at some point. And uh, yeah, hopefully back in the office in a couple of months, because that would be nice. It's been nearly a year since we were uh, put into remote working. So yeah, apart from that, I'm healthy and well and family's all good. So yeah, no complaints. Good to hear. So tears for fears, as it were. Um, yeah. But Wayne, I also hear there's a rumour going around that you, you share a hairdresser with some celebrities. What? <laughs> what do you hear? <laughs> uh, you always catch me uh, off guard. The only, well, Lewis Hamilton, maybe that's it. Similar, well, same hairdresser in London, yeah, but that's purely by chance. I mean, I met him once, and that's about as far as it gets, really. <laughs> but that was not in tier four then, probably. No, no actually, just before, actually. Yeah, yeah, just before. So, yeah, luckily, just I got, I managed to get, get a trip there just before they got shut down again and probably won't be open until March. So, I'll be reaching for my own clippers, etc. <laughs> Excellent. I'm sure Lewis is a very nice bloke as well. But enough about tiers and and celebrities but let's let's get into the nitty-gritty about the the gas market wayne so you know talk us through the current price developments i mean is it all about the weather the cold snap both in, in northern europe southern europe spain and also uh, northeast asia yeah well as you know i mean we saw prices hit uh well in the uk's case up in the front month was at an all-time high dtf front month was obviously as well also at couple of year high Asian LNG prices, we all know how high they went. So I think as we saw that confluence of bullish events, whether it be the Panama Canal issues, uh, supply issues uh, from certain LNG like Hammerfest, etc., and other outages, lower Australian supply, then we obviously get the cold snaps, which caught people short, as we could see by the price movement. And then what we saw towards that as well was we saw sort of like a short squeeze. I think that one day when the market went up sort of 20%, you looked at that and thought, hmm, is that really fair value? Is the, are we really at these levels? Uh, and then the next day, obviously, you saw the price uh, more or less retrace all of its gains uh, in 24 hours. I think weather, yeah, weather has been key. Weather has been revised several times over recent weeks. So everyone's been a bit unsure of how we're going to look for February. But as we get close to that now, 
we've seen temperatures actually in Asia are just lower over recent days. Uh, it's meant to be quite cold in you know, the major demand centers like Tokyo, Seoul, Beijing, etc. Uh, that's got a bit warmer. Same in Europe. I mean, uh, the UK is a bit warmer today, but we are going to be colder again. If you look at the front month now or the latest EC45 day report, we saw UK is actually going to be under seasonal norm for the whole of February. Um, so it's actually going to be quite a cold February in the UK. Uh, and obviously in continental Europe, certain parts of that as well. A little bit warmer in the Netherlands and Germany at the start of, uh, or the end of Jan, the start of Feb, thus far looking at the model output. But once we get into sort of 8th, 9th, 10th, I think it starts to get a bit colder. So yeah, weather's been uh, definitely playing a part. But obviously what's going on in Asia and all the LNG market and the expectations of all the LNG we were going to get didn't quite materialise. When you look at last year, and we had over triple the amount uh, into Northwest Europe. That has obviously had an impact on price. So, yeah, it's, it's been quite exciting. But if you look now, I think we're getting close to the sort of fair value on some of these prices. Uh, I think TTF today has just dipped back under, or day ahead anyway, dipped back under 20 euros a megawatt hour. TTF as well. So, I mean, MVP as well. So, I think we're getting close to the fair value. And if you look at the chart movement, it was a kind of peaked. And then we're sort of like, if you looked at a technical head and shoulders pattern, it kind of exhibited some of that. So, yeah, it's definitely been... Uh, been a, a interesting few weeks a roller coaster ride Wayne but how how high did prices actually get in Asia then I mean I, I saw you know something the equivalent of 50 euros a megawatt hour and maybe even higher yeah I think we saw one cargo at 36 dollars per mmbtu uh, for February delivery so yeah I mean it's it's high in the Asian northeast the northeast Asian price is still relatively high as well but we're seeing that start to come down now JKM as well has started to come down over recent days as similar revisions to weather in both Northeast uh, Europe or continental Europe and, of course, in Asia at the same time. And also we're going into sort of shoulder season as well in the LNG market. So I think what we're going to see is a few more cargoes uh, coming into Northwest Europe uh, and looking at the export economics as well. You can see that happening over the coming months when you look at the price differentials. So, yeah, I think we're going to start to see a bit more LNG over the coming weeks. And of course, Spain as well. We had that issue in Spain where their prices really rallied and we saw some cargoes divert to there. So I think it's not as cold and snowy as it once was. And looking at the mid front month price, it's sort of uh, MVP is sort of catching it up. So we might see some prioritization in terms of cargoes. So yeah, a lot, a lot going on. A lot going on. I'm sure there's a lot of demand for your service and your expertise, Wayne. But I, <laughs> but I think um, in terms of COVID and mm. the continuing pandemic. I mean, you know, you talk about tier four in London, parts of the UK, you've got con- extended lockdowns in Germany, places like the Netherlands talking about curfews. What kind of impact is this going to have on demand, if any? Well, I think if you look at, I think LDZ demand, I was looking into this the other day, actually, if you look at, I think it was uh, Netherlands, UK and France, uh, since the turn of the year when temperatures have plummeted, we've seen LDZ demand over the three-year average. I think one of the reasons you can obviously put behind that is firstly, we're locked down. So a lot of us are at home uh, a lot more than we usually would have been. And also as well, the restrictions on household mixing would have an impact because most people are in their own domestic residences now. And I know if I look at myself, my heating's been on pretty much constantly over the recent weeks. So that's one impact. But what we've seen the last couple of weeks is a bit more of recovery signals in terms of non-LDZ demand and business uh, in Belgium, Netherlands and Germany since early January. So I think we're seeing a little bit more recovery in that. I was looking at the power sector as well a bit earlier, and you're seeing a recovery there as well. But you've still got the likes of France and, and the UK in terms of power demand down about 8 to 8%. So we are seeing, yeah, COVID is having an impact. Um, and I think 
with these new lockdowns, I think the Netherlands and Germany have implemented new lockdowns. We could see further respects, but you've got to think, does it impact into the manufacturing side of it? Some factories, et cetera, are still running. But anyone with gas-fired heating countries, then, yeah, you're going to see an uptick in demand when temperatures are a lot lower, thanks to uh, what I mentioned earlier in terms of domestic occupancy rates. So, yeah, COVID's still uh, having an impact. So when you talk about the LDZ, uh, you talk, it's mainly the the household market, isn't it, Dwayne? Yeah, heating sure, residential yeah, demand. Yeah. But what's been interesting, sorry, just what's been interesting, just when we mentioned COVID, it was, COVID was something we were talking about a lot more. But of late, it's not something that's been impacting sort of gas prices as much as it was before in the power market. I think there's been so many more different bullish drivers that it's kind of, some of the stuff we've been talking about, I haven't even mentioned COVID, but yeah, it's still definitely, you can see the impact. So it's still important to monitor and we do monitor it here at Refinitiv. Yeah. So it's very much so hovering everywhere, you know, wherever you look, there is that, that COVID element. But um, you mentioned um, demand in Asia. So to what extent has the winter demand in Northeast Asia already, already peaked for LNG? Well, if you look historically, uh, you would you would say that. I mean, you get a lot of demand over these last over these last few months seasonally. And typically, as you move into February, March, then that number of cargoes starts to slow. So I would expect uh, demand in Asia, maybe not to have peaked yet, because you might have seen some buyers priced out of the market at recent prices. So there's always, always the risk of that. But yeah, I think typically and seasonally, we see demand start to fall. And, if, and like I said earlier, looking at the most recent forecast for uh, the major demand centers of Asia uh, and the weather now is, is trending more to the warmer side. So I, I think we might we might have seen a peak, but please please don't hold me to that. Next week, you might see a, a more of a revision and temperatures plummeting again, even though it seems rather unlikely. But yeah. And this the tightness experienced this winter in Europe, is it is it likely to be replicated next winter? What can be done to sort of prevent this situation, potentially? That's looking way into the future. When it's a good question, actually, because uh, I think a lot of participants sort of complacent, kind of got caught a bit short. We've had a very comfortable couple of years, and I think in that respect, people got a bit complacent, and the weather caught a lot of people out. And I think what happened in Asia, then, then you saw the price reaction in Europe. I think some lessons will have been learned for next year. Uh, and if you look at sort of the forward curve now, I don't think you'll see the same number of cancellations from US cargoes into Northwest Europe. When you do look at the economics of it at the moment, we're definitely still in the money. And I'm not sure we're going to see $2 MMBTU TTF price at $2 (laughs) this summer. So I think, yeah, some lessons will have been learned. And if you look at the the curve now, it kind of implies a bit of that. And also, we still got to be mindful of storage levels, which are really falling uh, in Europe. And it's not going to be the same as last year. So, yeah, I think some lessons would have been learned from this because we haven't seen this before. So, yeah, people will be learning. We'll get on to storage in a minute, Wayne. But before we do, I just want to ask you about your expectations for for LNG vessel arrivals into Europe. And some data, IGIS LNG, for example, uh, shows maybe um, arrivals rising by nearly 50% compared to last week's forecast. I mean, how does this compare with your outlook? Do you think supply will be stronger over the coming weeks? Yes, uh, we do, definitely. I think we forecast around 2 BCM for next month, um, which is obviously still significantly below the levels we observed last year. I think if you look last year for Feb 20, we had about 5 BCM. So it's, it's a bit of a difference, but 
we are seeing a bit more than last month, which is good. So I mean, last month, or sorry, the month before, where in December we saw, I think, three, three BCM, then the fall, sorry, to one around 1.82 BCM in Jan. So hopefully in February we will see a bit more. And we do, yeah, we see about two BCM of arrivals into Northwest Europe in February. We may see some more depending on the situation in Asia. But yeah, I think if you look at the next few months as a whole, I think the way the market has been going, I think I'm moving into the summer with US uh, exports ramping up. They've got more production. We've seen record levels in terms of US production. I think we will start to see an uptick in deliveries and it's definitely a downside factor in terms of, well, potential downside factor in price movement uh, over the coming month. If the weather stays as it is, I think, I think again, the weather's pretty key to how this how this develops. Absolutely. And this is 2 BCM over the whole of the month or, or by week by week? Month, yeah, over the whole of the month, February. Yeah, the whole of the month, February. Mm-hmm. Moving on to, to storage and, and summer prices, Wayne. We've seen, as you've mentioned, the, the sort of, a lot of withdrawal. How unusual is, is the pace of withdrawals this winter? Very. Uh, again, it's something the last few days have been looking into. And if we sort of looked at Northwest storage depletion in January, it was really high. I think, so, well, sorry, thus far in January, we're averaging around 5,400 gigawatt hours a day into Northwest European storages. That's nearly double what we observed last January. So that gives you an impression of how heavy the storage has been withdrawing. Again, the thanks to the slowdown in LNG and the colder temperatures. And if you look at, I mean, if we look at our, our forecast for the end of February, we would see it if current conditions remain at around 125 terawatts. Now, that is only when you think about 23% of what the total capacity is. And also last year, <laughs> we ended the summer or ended the winter, sorry, around 300 terawatt hours. Um, so, yeah, it gives you an impression of how much has been drained. And another number to put against that is last at the end of last February, storage levels were 344 terawatt hours. So, yeah, <laughs> we're definitely seeing a high utilization of storage, thanks to the factors we've been talking about so far. So going into this winter or coming out of this winter and going into this summer, we're still obviously not through the winter yet. There's still a couple of months to go. Um, I think we're going to see record low levels of storage. Um, which is then going to incentivize the need for more imports. The price will stay at a level that will make it competitive for more LNG arrivals into Northwest Europe due to the fact we're going to have to fill this storage level back to the usual level. Exactly. Could I pin you down to a number? What kind of percentage level, roughly, do you think we'll be at when we exit in winter? It's a tricky one because, uh, again, I've said this to someone uh, talking about this the last couple of days, is we're not out of the winter yet. I mean, it's January the 20th. Um, January and February are typically the strongest consumption months. There's still a possibility of some sort of polar vortex occurring. It's not completely out of the woods yet. And that would really skew the forecast. But if we ended last year at 300 terawatt hours, we ended the winter. And again, I'm talking about Northwest European storages here. This year, 150 perhaps, maybe a bit lower. Yeah, maybe a bit lower than that. It, it just depends on what happens over the coming months. Uh, I, do if you we see more this, LNG, sorry. Yeah, no, no worries, Owen. Sorry. Do, do you expect more than restocking to occur uh, over the summer? I mean, how much, you know, do you, do you expect to see the same levels as we saw uh, last year? Well, no, it has, it's going to have to be higher this year if we go into it with, with those levels of storages. However, we might see a few more tighter constraints this summer. I mean, last year, maintenance was completely affected thanks to COVID. There was a lot of disruptions to that. So maybe this year we'll get a proper maintenance schedule. 
we might see more higher Russian imports, perhaps. So it depends, or lower imports. Sorry, it just depends on on the dynamics of as we get. But when we get close to that period, as in the end of March, then I'll definitely be in a better position to give you a more solid uh, answer. It's just at the moment there's, there's quite a lot of uncertainty. There's still a lots of LNG in the world. There's there's pipe gas as well. So, I mean, do you think we could see a return to these record high inventories at some point this year? That's a possibility. I mean, you mentioned, uh, yeah, more LNG. There should be more LNG around this year, um, for sure. Well, Australia should start to come back. We've seen Prelude come back as well. And we've had, obviously, outages, outages of Gorgon that can be resolved. Egypt will start to come back into it. We've seen them ship a cargo recently. Japanese nuclear situation as well. We know now they've got a few reactors back on. I think they're waiting approval for about five or six more. So a few of them start to come back, come back online as well. So I think, yeah, I think that will obviously soften their demand. So I think we will see. And the US as well. I mean, the US is, is pumping out LNG at record rates. Um, I don't know what the Biden administration will do yet. I mean, there's, there's obviously a few rumors, et cetera, how it's going to affect the market. But the oil price is also starting to rise, which will which increase associated gas output. So, yeah, I, I see strong levels of LNG uh, this over the next 11 months, more than last year, I believe. So more LNG pipe gas as well and some restocking going on. What are the implications for summer prices then, when? Yeah, I don't think that we're going to see summer prices as low uh, as we saw last year. I mean, the TTF and MBP were absolutely battered uh, over that period and we saw them at record lows. So I would be quite surprised if we do end up at those levels. Again, think of US cargo cancellations, over 160, I think was the total, the impact that had on our markets. Uh, so I, I don't think this with this summer that's going to we're going to see that. So I don't think we're going to see these $2 price or two euro prices again. I still think the market will adjust lower um, as we start entering the next month or two. If we don't get any new you know, supply shocks or demand shocks, and that means weather related or you know, LNG related or any other sort of impacts on, on production, I think then we will start to sort of start trend lower as we enter uh, into the summer season. Quite not a collapse, but definitely uh, price will start to adjust lower. Because looking at prices now, if you look at where we are now compared to last year, we more or less double the price on TTF day ahead and front month. So we're probably around the 10, 11 euro mark on the day ahead this time last year. We're now near 20. Uh, similar story for the UK, uh, looking at the, the front month contract. And the day ahead is over 50% higher. It's a lot higher. So there's still a lot of room for the price to fall ahead of or over the next couple of months. But to the lows we saw, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, do you think that in a way that we we got too used to thinking that gas was going to stay cheap for a long time? Yeah, like I mentioned uh, earlier, and I can allude back to, I think we got complacent. I think the market got complacent. We always thought we had so much gas, no matter what was going to going to be thrown out. As storages were healthy, you know, there was even a, you know there was less demand thanks to the COVID environment. People not traveling as much, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, I think people definitely uh, got a bit complacent and caught a bit short. But why why do you think Asia got caught so caught off guard this winter? Yeah, it's interesting because there was a lot of talk about storages being at really good levels for the winter, and you know they they'd learned their lessons and were restocking a lot earlier. However, obviously, what we saw was <laughs> we didn't expect to have. The tightness in the market that we saw that was caused by this, you know, cocktail of events. I mean, I haven't mentioned shipping rates yet. I mean, we saw them they're at $350,000 a day. Now, when you close the Panama Canal and then you've got to travel even further, you're adding days onto your journey. I mean, that all these sort of things just came together. You know, <clears throat> Japanese situation, power prices were, you know, at ridiculous levels. 
all these situations just came together and, and this is why people got short got caught short i think no one would have envisaged that would happen this winter so we might see people like i mentioned earlier adjusting to that uh, accordingly for the coming winter so i mean gas was in the money for for power generators uh last year what's the outlook here uh, we're seeing also you know coal coal prices have risen dramatically as well over the past month so uh, where do you see the sort of coal gas competition for for power generation this year, Wayne? Well, it's still it's it's actually ongoing, and we've seen huge levels of of production out of Germany, etc., with coal. And if you look now at the coal switching price, and if you look what well, we look at the average switching in the range, of course, for the first time, I think since probably July sort of eighteen, we made a lot of problems uh, in the power market and in general. We've never seen the price uh, outside of the top, above the top end of the switching range since then. We're still within the switching range, still above the average coal switching price. So we are seeing a lot higher levels uh, of switching than we initially thought possible. And even if you look at the UK, uh, the UK actual coal switching price, as an example, it hadn't been even in the bottom of the range since sort of January 19. Uh, and it's not. it now finds itself in the money again. And we've seen coal generation uh, in the UK. Uh, which is a bit of a surprise over the recent uh, last few weeks. You can really see it ramping up, and I'm not sure where it is uh, in terms of today, but I imagine there's some definitely some coal plant on the grid today as well. So I think if you look at the curves, four curves as well, it shows you that coal's in the money for still for relatively in the switching range for the for the rest of the year. Uh, when I look at the forward, when I look at the curves, but of course things will start to change. Gas prices will start to fall. Uh, demand will start to fall and the coal price, I think, will start to fall with that as well. And I think then we'll see gas return to where it was before. But yeah, we're definitely seeing uh, an impact of that. It won't be like the last few years and you've seen the coal, coal market's been, you know, it's been in a bad place price-wise as well. And look where the prices are now. We, we were touching the $70 mark uh, on the front year. So, yeah, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to still face some competition over the coming months, for sure. It helps, you know, not keep a lid, but, it, you know, it helps keep some sort of ceiling on gas prices when we see the prices uh, start to get to certain levels and we see this uh, gas to coal switching that we've observed over recent weeks. Absolutely. And if the, the weather gets cold again, as you sort of hinted at, maybe in February, then that could also have play a major role. But just uh, finally, Wayne, you know, I think what's really hit the news this week is uh, the Biden presidency and the sanctions, a new round of sanctions on ships and Nord Stream 2. I mean, what, what's your view here? Will this ever get built or completed? Completed, I mean, you know. <laughs> and again, I remember speaking for you guys in uh, in Germany a couple of years ago and we were talking about the same thing about will it be. I remember I said at the time I still think it would get completed, but there'll be a lot of hurdles. And here we are a couple of years later and we're still... Well, we're close to completion, obviously. But, yeah, it's been interesting this week. I think the most interesting thing was when they, um, when we saw from the headlines from the Gazprom that they issued to the, in regards to the Eurobond prospectus. And there they actually, for the first time, said that I think in exceptional circumstances, which may include political pressure, etc., the project may be suspended or discontinued. And I think that's the first time we've heard that from Gazprom. So that was quite but, telling. Sorry, sorry to butt in there, Wayne, but they actually said that last year as well. It's in there. It was in the Eurobond prospectus last year. So you know, I think the the Gazprom they they pointed us in the direction and said no. They it's been picked up by by certain media outlets uh, this week. But exactly, it's what we said last year as well. You know, under very you know 
under extraordinary circumstances. Yeah, but I also think it's got a bit. It carries a bit more weight now due to the due to the level of completion sure. and and now the time scale because we were thinking maybe H two uh, it comes online, but that's now looking severely doubtful. And of course, as you mentioned, they imposed sanctions yesterday on a ship involved, which again. <laughs> It tells you that they're not letting go. I mean, maybe a change of administration might have had a slight change of tact. But no, it seems to think they're still going to continue with this. Uh, I mean, it's got a strange name as well, Countering Adversaries Through Sanctions Act or something like that. They're still going to continue down that path, which doesn't bode well for Gazprom, to be honest, uh, and also for Germany. But I still think it will get built. But the sort of timeline on that now for me is extending for sure. So I don't think we will be seeing it over the coming months. But you don't know. But, uh, yeah, my heart sort of tells me that, yeah, I don't think we're going to see it any anytime soon with the way the U.S. are still continuing to, to lay sanctions uh, on on this. And that was the pipeline ship, I think, as well, wasn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's very sort of bipartisan support on this in, in, in the States. So, you know, we, sh- we shall see, you know, maybe this time next year we'll be talking about the same thing again when I'll be putting the same <laughs> questions to you. <laughs> well, yeah, it seems to be a, co- a constant thing for, for the last couple of years, indeed. And every time we sort of keep we sort of keep kicking the can down the road. And I think this time we're kicking the can a lot further. Brilliant, Wayne. Always great to have you on the show. And uh, you know, thanks again for your for your time and your your views on on the gas markets. And we'll speak again soon. Any time, and hopefully see you soon at some point. <laughs> Absolutely. More to the point. Yeah. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, Wayne. Cheers. So listeners, you can now follow the podcast on our own Twitter account, aptly named the Montel Weekly Podcast. Please direct message any suggestions, questions, or, you know, let us know if you if you think you have a good idea for a guest on the show. You can also send us an email to podcast at montelnews.com. Lastly, remember to keep up to date with all that's happening in energy markets on Montel News. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you and goodbye.